Hello, and welcome to Mind Your Own Quizness. I'm your host, Morgan Burns. This episode has a few of what I would like to call technical difficulties, but if I'm being honest, they're just me having difficulty with technology. Things might sound weird, hopefully a couple minutes into the episode everything starts working, and then it'll all sound fine. Our three contestants today are Emily, Kevin, and Sam. Emily, why don't you start off by telling us a fun fact? Sure. As you may know, we recently had a presidential election in the United States. So in honor of that, I looked up some presidential facts and I found my favorite about everyone's the most beloved American president, I think, Martin Van Buren. So in addition to being the first president who was born in the U.S., and the only president we've had so far who spoke English as a second language, toward the end of his life, Martin Van Buren wrote a 776-page autobiography where he did not mention A, his wife, or B, the fact that he was president. That is amazing. Isn't that awesome? He had other stuff to talk about. I feel bad for his wife, but it's, it's so cool that he was able to come up with that many facts outside of the presidency. She- She had passed away at that point, so she didn't know. I don't know if that really changes my opinion. I feel bad for his presidency. Wasn't even worth mentioning. I don't know if this is still true, but as of five years ago, Martin Van Buren was the only president who was not related to King John of England. That feels like a conflict of interest for everybody else. Our next contestant is Kevin. Kevin, do you have a fun fact? I do. Uh, I was speaking earlier with my brother who's a veterinarian and i learned that there's only one other species that can contract leprosy and that is armadillos so all leprosy research is done on armadillos so also don't handle wild armadillos i guess not yeah thank you for that warning looking out for you guys our returning champion this month is sam welcome back to the show what's your fun fact Uh, I forgot, again, to prepare a second fact, so I'm opening to a uh, random page. This page has nothing on it. And my trusty dictionary. Being called a prude is rarely considered a compliment, but if we dig into the history of the word prude, we find that it has a noble past. The change for the worse took place in French. French prude first had a good sense wise woman, but apparently a woman could be too wise or in the eyes of some too observant of decorum and propriety. Thus prude took on the sense in French that was brought into English along with the word first recorded in 1704. That's from the uh, American Heritage Dictionary of the English Language, fourth edition. Prude wasn't always a bad thing. We have the French to blame. (laughs) Thank you. It's time to mind your own quizness. There are 20 questions worth one point each. If you think that a question is hard enough to stump everyone, then you can submit the word stumper as your answer. If nobody gets the right answer, you'll get a point. But if anybody gets the right answer, you'll lose a point. So be careful. Good luck. Question one. The category for your first question in honor of episode three is three. Grammar, logic, and rhetoric were classically considered the lowest of the seven liberal arts. What word was coined in the 8th century AD to describe them collectively? This three-syllable word comes from the Latin for the place where three roads meet. Question two. The category for question two is on this day. On December 2nd, 1988, 
What Pakistani politician was sworn in as the first female prime minister of a majority Muslim country? Question three. In 1938, a cartoonist named Charles used his last name in the title of what series of New Yorker cartoons? The cartoons began as a satirical version of the ideal 20th century American family and have subsequently been adapted for TV, movies, and pinball machines. Question four. The largest park in Newark, New Jersey is named after what rebellion leader who was executed in Jerusalem, Virginia in 1831 at the age of 31? Question five. The RH factor that makes some people's blood type positive is named for the rhesus species of what animal? Let's go over the answers to the first five questions. Question one. Grammar, logic, and rhetoric were classically considered the lowest of the seven liberal arts. What word was coined in the eighth century AD to describe them collectively? This three-syllable word comes from the Latin for the place where three roads meet. Emily. Uh, so I wrote down a bunch of words that start with try, and then I scratched them all out, and I landed on trifecta. Kevin. I put trifecta. And Sam. I put argument. The correct answer is trivia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Question two. On December 2nd, 1988, what Pakistani politician was sworn in as the first female prime minister of a majority Muslim country? Kevin. I put Stumper, though I don't have any points to lose right now. <laughs> Sam. I also put Stumper. Emily. I put Indira Gandhi, which I don't think is right. The correct answer is Benazir Bhutto. Oh, yeah. I know that name. Indira Gandhi, I think is the second. Oh, no, I guess she can't be the second. She's, um, she was she's earlier. She was India. Yeah, she's yes. India. The only, yeah, I, I, al I almost put Indira Gandhi, but she appears in um, Midnight's Children, which I think was published either before or very shortly after 1988. Mm. Okay. The, the, I, the novel by Salman Rushdie. Right. I actually forgot to look up the timing. I think Indira Gandhi was earlier, but India was not majority Muslim at that point. Mm. And if that's not true, then I'm just going to delete me saying that from the episode. <laughs> no, you need to own up to your mistakes. <laughs> Or I'll cut in my voice, yes, <laughs> issuing a, an immediate retraction. Question three. In 1938, a cartoonist named Charles used his last name in the title of what series of New Yorker cartoons? The cartoons began as a satirical version of the ideal 20th century American family and have subsequently been adapted for TV, movies, and pinball machines. Sam? Adams. Kevin? No idea. Emily. I said Simpson, but I didn't feel good about it. The Adams family is correct. I, I'll give you the point for Adams. The, uh, the phrasing. You of forgot question. video games. <laughs> There's, I think there have been a, there are probably a few media that I forgot. I remember I, I had an Adams family values, like NES game that was maddeningly <laughs> difficult when I was like seven. <laughs> Makes sense. Question four, 
The largest park in Newark, New Jersey is named after what rebellion leader who was executed in Jerusalem, Virginia in 1831 at the age of 31? Emily. I said Stumper. Kevin. Nat Turner. Sam. Nat Turner. Nat Turner is correct. Question five. The RH factor that makes some people's blood type positive is named for the rhesus species of what animal? Kevin? Monkey? Sam? I wrote monkey. Emily? I too wrote monkey. Monkey is correct. At the end of the first quarter, Emily has one point, Kevin has three points, and Sam has three points. Wait, I thought I had four points. You might have four points. Let me double check. I got Stumper for number two, Adams, Nat Turner, and Monkey. Ah, yes, that's correct. All right. It's good, the it's end good of thing the first I'm, round. I'm auditing your work. Yes. <laughs> Keep me honest. <laughs> the end of the first round, Emily has one point, Kevin has three points, and Sam has four points. I will make an announcement here. The email address of the show is myoquizness at gmail.com. So if you want to make corrections or say hi or be a contestant or suggest a question, email me at myoquizness at gmail.com. Question six. Gorillas in the Mist was written by what doctor of zoology who was murdered in 1985? Question seven. In 1822, French author Amantine Dupin, better known as George Sand, married what Polish composer of a famous funeral march? Sorry, one more time. In 1822, French author Amantine Dupin, better known as George Sand, married what Polish composer of a famous funeral march? Question eight. Entre a mi mundo in 1992 and Amor Prohibido in 1994 were the top-selling albums that what pop star released in her lifetime? Could you read that one more time? Entre a mi mundo in 1992 and Amor Prohibido in 1994 were the top-selling albums that what pop star released in her lifetime? Question nine. Until the brotherly leader and guide of the revolution was overthrown and killed in 2011, what country was represented by a solid green flag? One more time. Until the brotherly leader and guide of the revolution was overthrown and killed in 2011, what country was represented by a solid green flag? Question 10. Gino Bartali, who had become a celebrity in the Giro d'Italia, secretly worked for the resistance during the Holocaust. He couriered forged documents from printers to Jewish families in Italy. He hid the documents inside what item? When searched, he told authorities not to tamper with it because it had been specially calibrated. That's the end of the second quarter. Let's go over the answers. Question six. Gorillas in the Mist was written by what doctor of zoology who was murdered in 1985? Sam? I put uh, Stumper. Okay. Emily? I also put Stumper. Kevin? <laughs> I put 
Jane Goodall, and I'm pretty sure that's wrong. She's alive, <laughs> I think. Yeah, exactly. She was on uh, John Oliver. Yeah, that's the issue I have. Oh, there we go. I didn't know that, but I thought <laughs> okay. she was alive. So. She is alive. <laughs> it's the other one, Diane Fossey. Um. Jane Goodall studied chimpanzees. Diane Fossey studied gorillas. <sighs> Question you seven. You Sorry, what was she the... was murdered? Yes. Oh. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Anyway. Question seven. In 1822, French author Amantine Dupin, better known as George Sand, married what Polish composer of a famous funeral march? Emily. I did not put an answer. Kevin. I didn't put an answer. Sam. I wrote Stumper. <laughs> Stumper is correct. <laughs> Frédéric Chopin. Mm. Question eight. Entre Ami Mundo in 1992 and Amor Prohibido in 1994 were the top-selling albums that what pop star released in her lifetime? Kevin. Selena. Sam. I also wrote Selena, hoping you would forgive me for not knowing her last name. Emily. I read Selena. Selena is correct. And you is it, don't go, need is to it know Gomez? Her. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Forget that. <laughs> and cut that. Selena <laughs> uh, so, uh, Quintanilla Perez. But she was she was a mononymous celebrity. Uh, question nine. Until the brotherly leader and guide of the revolution was overthrown and killed in 2011, what country was represented by a solid green flag? Sam. I wrote Egypt. Emily. I wrote Syria. Kevin. I wrote Libya. Libya is correct. The brotherly leader and guide of the revolution was Muammar al-Gaddafi. Yeah, I, I knew it was Gaddafi, Gaddafi but I very, couldn't remember what country that was. And question 10. Gino Bartali, who had become a celebrity in the Giro d'Italia, secretly worked for the resistance during the Holocaust. He couriered forged documents from printers to Jewish families in Italy. He hid the documents inside what item? When searched, he told authorities not to tamper with it because it had been specially calibrated. Emily. I said dynamite. Kevin. I said saddle. Sam. I wrote stumper. Uh, stumper gets it, although saddle was very close. Mm. It was his bicycle. They really weren't willing to mess with the bicycle? He was a big time celebrity. It's mm. This is if like pre... Uh, you know, pre-scandal Lance Armstrong was riding around with something hidden in his bicycle, but, you know, mm. I mean, I guess it would have been drugs in his case uh, and told someone, you can't tamper with this. I'm about to ride the tour de France and this is specially calibrated. You don't want to be the person who ruins that. I see. That's, that's probably what actually happened. <laughs> in Lance Armstrong's <laughs> <laughs> This question was brought to you by Bicycles, 
For about $50, you can buy a bicycle that gets the equivalent of 900 miles to the gallon. If you use the promo code MYOQ, your bicycle will come with free parking for life. So at the end of the second quarter, the scores are... Emily has three points, Kevin has five points, Sam has eight points. Question 11. Located in the Irish Sea, what British crown dependency has a name that seems to contradict John Donne's famous 1624 assertion about connectedness? Question 12. In the Encyclopedia Brown book series written by Donald Sobel, what was Encyclopedia's real first name? He shared his full name with a man in a Jim Croce song. Question 13. A season four episode of South Park featured celebrity guests Richard and Thomas, better known as what comedy duo who had previously gone 20 years without collaborating? Can you read that one again? A season four episode of South Park featured celebrity guests Richard and Thomas, better known as what comedy duo who had previously gone 20 years without collaborating? Question 14. What aquatic unit of measure is defined as one minute of arc measured along a meridian of the earth? Sorry, one more time. Question 14. What aquatic unit of measure is defined as one minute of arc measured along a meridian of the earth? Question 15. Tell me the title of this song. The original version came out in 1975. These exact lyrics are from a cover that charted for seven weeks in 1982. I saw him dancing there by the record machine. I knew he must have been about 17. The beat was going strong, playing my favorite song, and I could tell it wouldn't be long till he was with me. Let's go over the answers. Question 11. Located in the Irish Sea, what British Crown dependency has a name that seems to contradict John Donne's famous 1624 assertion about connectedness? Kevin. Isle of Man. Sam. Isle of Man. Emily. Uh, I didn't put anything. Man is correct. From John Donne's 1820, not 1624 work, Devotions Upon Emergent Occasions and Several Steps in My Sickness, where he said, no man is an island. And mm. there are three British crown dependencies. Man is one of them. The other two are Jersey and Guernsey in the English Channel. I've tried to figure out what a crown dependency is or what the nearest American equivalent would be. And I don't fully understand, but I can figure out what it isn't. Puerto Rico. So Puerto Rico is a territory. So a crown dependency is not a territory like the Falkland Islands. It's not part of the UK, like Northern Ireland, and it's not an independent Commonwealth state like Australia. So it's like somebody who's dependent on the crown, but it's like an angsty teenager of territory? Kind of. They're not entirely dependent, but uh, independent. But it's, uh, it's Gitmo. That's probably the closest. Mm -hmm. I like that. <laughs> Seems like the closest equivalent. Question 12. In the Encyclopedia Brown book series written by Donald Sobel, what was Encyclopedia's real first name? He shared his full name with a man in a Jim Croce song. Sam. 
Don't know. Emily. I said Leroy. Kevin. I said Leroy too. That is correct. Bad, bad Leroy Brown. <laughs> Question 13. A season four episode of South Park featured celebrity guests Richard and Thomas, better known as what comedy duo who had previously gone 20 years without collaborating? Emily. I said Terrence and Philip. Kevin. I put Stumper. Sam. I said Stumper. All right, Stumper is correct. It's Cheech and Chong. Ah. Uh, wow. Richard Marin and Thomas Chong. Question 14. What aquatic unit of measure is defined as one minute of arc measured along a meridian of the earth? Kevin. League. Sam. I said not or nautical mile. Emily. I said league. Nautical mile is correct. I'll give it to you because you said that. A knot is technically one nautical mile per hour. So oh. it's not exactly the same thing, but that you said nautical mile. I'm sorry, my cat's making a lot of noise. Is that f***ing up the recording? It's a good question. Uh, well, hopefully I successfully separated the tracks so I can just mute Francis when necessary. Uh, if I was not able to do that, which we'll find out after we hang up tonight, then she will be prominently featured in this episode. That's okay though. She's not meowing. She's just learned that she can get my attention by making noise, by like crashing into things. I see. Mm. It um, seems like it works. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 no, it works. It. Like she's really, she's really smart when she applies herself. <laughs> I think cats are smart. They just don't really apply their intelligence where we would like them to. No, I mean, my theory is that they are smarter than dogs, but they are not interested in impressing us. Mm -hmm. And they're not interested in doing what we say. So our, our metrics for pet intelligence kind of fail when it comes to cats. It seems consistent with what I've seen. So I forgot to double check this for tonight, but my understanding is not is, uh, is not actually an abbreviation for nautical. I think it's from a a method of measuring speed in which they would tie knots on a rope and hang it over the edge of the boat. Sam is pulling out his dictionary to check this my work. This is what I learned when I was obsessed with pirates in high school, but that is not reliable information. <laughs> and the, uh, the f in, in, in nautical usage, not K N O T is a unit of speed, not of distance and has a built-in meaning of per hour. Mm. So it's yeah. the faster you go, the more of the rope you can see come out of the water. Whereas when you're at a dead standstill, it's straight down. As you go faster, it, uh, it starts angling up and you can see more of the knots that you've tied in it. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, I wasn't trying to have a twofer there. I, I just didn't. You, you can, you I, can, you can not give that one to me if you want. <laughs> um, I'll give you the point. Yeah. Oh, thanks. That was there. You said nautical mile. Not sounds a lot like nautical mile. It's I. We're not. Uh, we're not playing for money or anything. This seems fair. We're not playing for money. Wait. <laughs> Every time I say not now, I'm going to think of not with a K. Yeah. 
We're not not playing yeah, for money, no, are we? Um, Sorry, not 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 yeah. playing for money. Question fifteen. Uh, tell me the title of this song. The original version came out in 1975. These exact lyrics are from a cover that charted for seven weeks in 1982. I saw him dancing there by the record machine. I knew he must have been about 17. The beat was going strong, playing my favorite song, and I could tell it wouldn't be long till he was with me. Sam. Don't know. Emily. I love rock and roll. Kevin. I put Dancing Queen. <laughs> I love rock and roll is correct. The original was by The Arrows in 1975, and it was famously covered by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts in 1982. And then I, I think Jessica Simpson covered it at some point. Did you look up anything about that cover? I, I recall <laughs> seeing her name on Wikipedia when I was reading about this song. I didn't. I didn't spend. Too, I didn't listen to her version of it. I'm not sure if it was. Uh, if it was noteworthy. Maybe I should. Well, let's, uh, let's all pause for Yeah, let's all stop for a moment and just think we'll just about put it, it in for five seconds. <laughs> all right. So the scores at the end of the third quarter are Emily has five points, Kevin has eight points, Sam has 11 points. Question 16. Atencion is the name commonly associated with a particular shortwave radio station broadcast from Cuba. In addition to the word Atencion, what does the station broadcast? Question 17. Who is the only man to ever serve as both president and vice president of the United States without being elected to either position? Question 18. In 1119, King Henry I's son, Prince William Adolin, married a woman with what given name? She shared the name with William's mother, two half-sisters, and full sister who went on to become an empress. The name was also the title of a 1988 British book that was adapted into a 2010 musical. What? Can you read that one more time, please? You didn't get that all from the, the first time. <laughs> In 1119, King Henry I's son, Prince William Adolin, married a woman with what given name? She shared the name with William's mother, two half-sisters, and full sister who went on to become an empress. The name was also the title of a 1988 British book that was adapted into a 2010 musical. Question 19. Located about 4,000 miles southeast of Havana, what suburb of Rio de Janeiro was home to the beach volleyball games in the 2016 Olympics? Sorry, one more time. Located about 4,000 miles southeast of Havana, what suburb of Rio de Janeiro was home to the beach volleyball games in the 2016 Olympics. And the final question, question 20. Nacre, N-A-C-R-E, a material found on the inside of some mollusk shells is commonly known by what three word phrase that also describes Hester Prynne? Can you say that again? Nacre, N-A-C-R-E, a material found on the inside of some mollusk shells is commonly known by what three word phrase that also describes Hester Prynne. Let's go over the answers. Question 16. Atencion is the name commonly associated with a particular shortwave radio station broadcast from Cuba. In addition to the word Atencion, what does the station broadcast? Emily. I said Stumper. Kevin. Propaganda. <laughs> Sam. Stumper. 
Stumper is correct. The station broadcasts numbers. Mm. Oh, I love numbers stations. They're my favorite. Number stations are pretty cool. I knew it was numbers, but I was like, are they codes? I don't know what exactly they're broadcasting. So, or does does anybody know what they're broadcasting? No. Coded propaganda. Uh, Fun thing about number stations is that I shouldn't say nobody. The general public does not know what the numbers stand for. Okay, yeah, I was pres- familiar with that, but I was like, it might be bomb quotes or some stuff that I don't know about, so I'm just going to say Stumper. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out to be a good strategy. They, uh, <laughs> it could be codes. It could be related to anything. Just uh, it someone could be propaganda. Needs, it could be propaganda. I mean, I would think you'd want your propaganda to be uncoded. You'd want that to be to be more clear mm. for everyone to understand. Okay, fair enough. Uh, question 17. Who is the only man to ever serve as both president and vice president of the United States without being elected to either position? Kevin. Gerald Ford. Sam. Oh, I wrote Jerry Ford. Emily. I wrote Andrew Johnson. Gerald Ford is correct. He was I get the point for Jer- Jerry. I actually did write Gerald. Yes, you get a point for Jerry. <laughs> um, he was a point. I actually don't know if a point, I think appointed is the right word to the vice presidency. Yeah, no, after, he, was, he was appointed after Spiro Agnew um, was forced to resign. Yes. Mm. And then he became president. Question 18. In 1119, King Henry I's son, Prince William Adolin, married a woman with what given name? She shared the name with William's mother, two half-sisters, and full sister who went on to become an empress. The name was also the title of a 1988 book that was adapted into a 2010 musical. Sam. I don't know. I wrote Caroline. Hmm. Emily. I said Mary. Kevin. I put Mary as well. The answer is Matilda. Oh, oh! I figured it was Mary Empress. Poppins. Oh, Empress Matilda. I was Empress, Matilda. Empress Matilda. I was thinking Caroline or Change, but yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I couldn't think of a musical. I mean, I work in theater, and I couldn't think of a musical. <laughs> I was like, did any musicals come out in 2010? Well, I yeah, I was. So. I, <laughs> I was just like, what would be a name that like every single person in this dude's family would have? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Victoria? I don't think there was an Empress Victoria in like 1200. Starting to think this question might be too hard if it stumped this crowd. Um, (laughs) Emily had had asked me jokingly to uh, rig the game in her favor. And she said, just ask a lot of questions about musical theater. And I said, you should know you're playing against Kevin and Sam. So that might not give you too much of an edge. Well, I... uh... I am sometimes embarrassed by my lack of musical knowledge. I mean, I have heard of Matilda, to be fair. <laughs> I was thinking it had to be about the the person of the 1200s. I thought it had to be about the 1200 person. The Yeah, and I was like, what the heck musical is that? I can't think of a musical <laughs> about that, with that subject matter. Wait, is she named Pippin? <laughs> Did I misunderstand <laughs> that musical? Is it six? Is it six? No. <laughs> She's not named six, is she? She's named six? 
So yeah, I don't know. I don't know how common the name Matilda was back then. I assume that was his, pretty freaking common, huh? <laughs> well, like, granted, <laughs> only in this one family. Granted, three of them <laughs> had three of the Matildas had you the same father. Named Matilda. Oh uh, yeah. So <laughs> I think that he was just really, or he was into that name, or his. Uh, um, it was know, his, his wife's mistress. name, right? It was the it was his name wife's name. Well. So I guess his mistresses just wanted to curry favor with the with the queen by naming their daughters wait, after his, her. Wait, they were the daughters were the mistresses' daughters. I believe so. Uh, he might have, unless unless That's a power the move. queen died, and he, yeah, I. No, I think it That's was. I should double check. You have an affair, and you name the baby after the person's spouse. I should double check because cool. yeah, his his wife. I mean, people died all the time back then, so he might have. They die all the time now too. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, William Adelin died pretty young. That's why he's uh, he never became king. Mm. He. Uh, That's too bad. Yeah, his death sort of. Uh, I don't know. Screwed up a lot of stuff in England for a few years. Come on, William. Yeah. Thank God we don't live in a society where a person dying can throw us into political turmoil. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we're past that. Yep. <laughs> question, question 19. <laughs> Located about 4,000 miles southeast of Havana, what suburb of Rio de Janeiro was home to the beach volleyball games in the 2016 Olympics? Emily. I said Stumper. Kevin. Stumper. Sam. Stumper. Woo! All right, it's a Stumper. Triple Stumper! <laughs> hey, can, can, I, can I read my joke answer, though? Oh, sure. City you of might God. be right. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, the correct answer is Copacabana. Mm. It is both oh. the hottest spot north of Havana and a town south of Havana. <laughs> that is categorically not the hottest spot south of Havana because there are warmer places. Probably, although it's, I mean, pretty close to the equator, I think. No, 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 the Copacabana, I think is in Florida. Isn't it, isn't it the name of the club and not the place? In it's the, the club. I thought it was a club in New York. It's a club oh, in, it a club Flor- in New- I thought it was Florida. Florida. I think I- it's Florida. I don't what's remember the, the lyrics in too much. What's the club? I remember it's all like, the lyrics. Let's do this. Let's throw it out. What's, what's the long take in, in Goodfellas? What's that club? When when Ray Liotta and Lorraine Bracco walk through oh, the I, back door. Oh, I don't remember. There might be a Copacabana in both Florida and in New York, given that I feel like when these clubs were founded in like, you know, 19... 48 or something like there were like three names for nightclubs that's true probably yeah i guess i always just thought why would you compare it to havana unless it was in florida i don't know if people in new york are advertising their clubs as it's the hottest spot outside of havana it so happens there's like there was i don't know if it still is there a popular like restaurant bar venue for outdoor movies in the summer in fort green brooklyn called havana outpost Oh, okay. It's also the hottest spot south of Ottawa, so. It's true. (laughs) Oh, the Copacabana Hotel is located in Rio de Janeiro. That's where Barry Manilow wrote the song. Wait, what? (laughs) 
So he just got it wrong. He wrote he the song in Matt Copacabana. And he said no. <laughs> oh. oh, no, no, no. It's New York, though. It's oh. New York. But he was, at, he was at the Copacabana Hotel in Rio de Janeiro writing about the New York Copacabana. Okay, Sam got it right. All right. Deep, deep that is Wait, I, didn't, I didn't get anything right. I just sort of... No, but the plot thickens. Yes. And the final question, question 20. Nacre, a material found on the inside of some mollusk shells, is commonly known by what three-word phrase that also describes Hester Prynne? Kevin. It doesn't make sense, but uh, red food dye. <laughs> Sam. Mother of pearl. Emily. Oh, shoot. Uh, I said the scarlet letter, but now I know it's right. I know who's right. It's not me. <laughs> Mother of Pearl is correct. Oh, you should have made a little fires everywhere thing instead. <laughs> I was thinking about like, I was like, I remember at Starbucks people asking me if the red food dye was uh, vegetarian and I had to tell them no because it had little insects. I was like, well, those aren't the same thing, but maybe it's similar. <laughs> At first, I didn't get it. And the, the, the first thing I wrote and crossed out was um, adulterated as f- question mark. But I'm glad I didn't say that. Uh, Mother of Pearl, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess it's kind of weird to call it the scarlet letter. That doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> makes a little more sense than red food dye. Well, maybe. I was, try- I was like, well, they don't eat her, but maybe there's something in the scarlet letter about food. And it was like, and she, I don't, I've never read it. I bet bet you somebody in the Scarlet Letter eats like some sexy fruit really slowly. Like they eat like a, like a pomegranate and the juices are just running down their face and it's all a metaphor. I bet that happens. I never saw it, but like the the movie adaptation in the nineties, the early nineties, I think was like filmed and marketed as like an erotic thriller. Mm. Which does not make sense. Uh, I haven't read the book since (laughs) high school, but that doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, was I, it was it not a very like sexually awakening experience to read the Scarlet Letter in high school? For me, no, no, <laughs> no. It was it wasn't an awakening in any sense experience. I was asleep <laughs> most of the time trying to read that. I do remember there was one line that uh, I didn't understand. Um, the uh, I don't think anyone in the class understood it. The teacher had to explain it to us. Uh, somebody falls asleep reading a book and the narrator says it must have been a book of the, I think it was the soporific school of literature. And the teacher says, does anybody know what that means? And we said, no. And he said, it means having to do with sleep. See, popcorn can be funny. Um, I mean, I think that's funny, but I also... It is funny. It's just, that's the, the oh, that's the high point of the entire book for me. <laughs> Did you- did all of you know that Herman Melville was in love with uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne? I didn't, I didn't know that. They had what may or may not have been a love affair, but it's it's certain that Herman Melville loved Hawthorne. It's unclear how Hawthorne felt about him because Herman Melville burned all his letters when they called things off. Oh. But Hawthorne kept the ones for Melville. And Moby Dick is, is dedicated to Hawthorne. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. I didn't know that. Like Western. That could have been my fun fact. (laughs) All right. So your final score for the episode, 
Emily has seven points. Kevin has 10 points. And Sam continues his winning streak with 15 points. Yay. Congratulations. I didn't even get to the number of points, but Sam had it round two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although, Morgan, I, I, I got to say, I wrote like stumper or don't know for at least half of these questions. <laughs> That's, yeah. I, so, what happens is uh, for the first two episodes, I ran the questions by Emily before, uh, before using them. And she gave me some valuable feedback. And this one, I thought, oh, I should probably try to find someone else to run these questions by. And then I didn't. And so the questions aren't as good as they normally are. I thought they were great. I thought they were very good. Thank you. I thought they were a good level of uh, challenging. Um, and I felt like for a lot of them, I had some idea, but I would not had a, didn't have enough idea to actually wager a guess. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, th- I think that was where I was too, where I was like 80% of the way to an answer, but I couldn't get myself over the last 20%. Like I, I knew that George Sand was married to Chopin, but I like couldn't quite recall his, like I was like having trouble. Like I was like, oh, who the f- is that? I know which composer this is, but like, I just couldn't. And that was with almost every question. I was like, I'm familiar with this fact, but I can't quite make the leap. And I was like, I know that all's not dead. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I have that. So maybe she's dead. Maybe she's dead. Maybe she was murdered 30 years ago and we had, and she's just been replaced. Like Paul McCartney. She's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, I will so say of my, of my seven points, I think four of them are stumpers. Okay. That's not a good record for me. <laughs> I do like to know why trivia is uh, trivia. That was a fun, that was a, yeah. that was a good opener. That was trivia a good one. Thinking. That was a really good one. Thank you. I will never forget. <laughs> I'm, I was, I've been trying to decide whether I should continue my theme of titling episodes as something that both relates to the episode content and the number of the episode, which is mm-hmm. uh not something that I can keep going very long. Um, so I'll probably end that here. But uh, yeah, I liked Twain. I was a big fan of that. Thank you. Yeah, that was two people answered Mark Twain to one of the questions. Mm. Um, well, and also split Twain, right? Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah, it means, it means yeah. two. Um, but yeah, I'll probably, I might have to break that pattern. I, I don't know if I can call this episode trivia or try episode. I don't know. That that doesn't doesn't seem to work quite as well. Put trifecta yeah. in there somehow. Trifecta. Oh yeah, yeah. We both the tri- Yeah, because uh, two of us did say trifecta, and it was wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, episode trifecta could work. Mind Your Own Quizness is produced by me, Morgan Burns. Our theme music is Nothing Changes by Ian Clark, distributed by clipdad.com.